Buttercups, and welcome to episode two of Call Him Douchey. In tonight's episode, we are going to talk about the manipulator. You know the one, he is suave and charming and knows all the right things to say and all the right things to do to make you think that he's actually truly interested in you, when really he's just manipulating you into being whomever he wants you to be and whatever he wants you to think about him. This guy can moonlight as many different douchebags. He can be the jacked up douchebag. He can be the one who is seemingly the nice guy, but really is actually pretty damn evil. He could also be the tortured soul artist douchebag. The list goes on. You know the types. So with the manipulative douchebag, he says all the right things, does all the right things, and makes you feel like you are the only woman in the world for him, when in actuality he's probably got a Rolodex full of chicks in his phone and he probably doesn't even know their names. I don't know. That's just my guess. Never looked through anyone's phone before because that's not my game. That's not my game and that's not my thing. Anyways, so I have quite a bit of experience with the manipulative douchebag because my last relationship was with a class act manipulator. He wormed his way into my heart and how did he do that? Well, I will tell you. I was in a very low point in my life last summer and I met him on a dating app and of course, you know, he was really good looking and had a lot of really great things written in his profile and I thought, oh, well this guy seems sweet. He might actually be normal for once. <laughs> boy, did I have a lot to learn. So we matched on the app and then we spent maybe two to three hours talking on the phone the night that we matched. And then during the conversation, he asked me if I would like to delete the app and then if we could be exclusive. Now keep in mind, we hadn't even met yet and we were planning on meeting two days later, which is all well and good because he worked late nights and sometimes it was a little hard for him to make plans because he lived in the next state over from me. Not very far from me, but we weren't in the same state. So that was fine. But the thing that kind of got me looking back on it now is the fact that I let him just steamroll me into deleting an app when we had only talked for two hours maybe three tops, and only known each other for a few hours. But again, I was in a very low point in my life and really just wanted someone to pay attention to me and not just want sex. So we met up two nights later and we had an incredible date. It was literally eight hours, you guys. I know, crazy. It was like a workday date. So we put in basically a full day's worth of work in a date and it was amazing and I came home floating on cloud nine and everything seemed to be so great with this guy. Well, he also conned me into telling him that I loved him on the first date. And that's really weird thinking about it in hindsight because you need to get to actually know somebody and know who they are 
to the core before you can actually say that you love them. I barely knew this guy, but he just was so charming that I felt like I had no other choice but to go with the flow. So fast forward to a few months. So the first two to three months were fantastic. We had amazing dates. We had an amazing time together. And then I started to see the red flags. I kind of saw the red flags right away, especially when he started asking me for money pretty much right away. So as soon as we became exclusive, he was asking me to help him out with money. Now, keeping in mind, this man worked a full-time job, lived at home with his parents because he had gotten divorced a few years earlier. And as someone who has divorced myself, I'm not going to judge for that because, hey, you fall on hard times after a divorce sometimes, and sometimes you have no other choice but to move back home. So I'm not going to judge someone for moving back in with their parents for whatever reason, as long as it's a necessary reason to get back on their feet after a hardship. But I digress. So I started giving him money, and this was also a time when I was looking for work myself, so I didn't really have a lot of money, but I felt bad not saying yes, so I did it, because I'm a people pleaser. So that was red flag number one, but I just pushed it to the side and ignored it because here was this really hot guy who I had a lot in common with. We had fantastic conversations, fantastic time together when we spend time together. And in my mind, that really was all that mattered. And okay, yes, that does matter, but it also matters that someone is asking you for money basically the day after you become an exclusive couple. That should, should have made me stop to, stop to think, right? Well, I didn't really think. I chose to ignore it and just proceed on with the relationship when really I should have broken up with his sorry lame ass. At least I realized it now, right? So then came the lack of sex. I would say we probably only had sex a handful of times during the six months that we were together. And in the fall is when the excuses started. Last fall, I should say. When the excuses started with him not wanting to sleep with me. And at first I, I went with it. I said, okay, you know, he's having a hard time at work. He's upset about not having much money. I know that being able to be manly and look like they can provide for their girlfriend or wife or fiance, their woman is a really important thing for men. And it can be emasculating for them if they don't have a lot of money. Oh, and that's fine. But it always seemed like it was either about money or he was depressed about something else. And I'm not ragging on him right now because he was depressed. I have depression and anxiety, so don't come for me because that's not what I'm doing. It just seemed like there was always an excuse as to why he was never in a sexual mood when typically men are in a sexual mood all the time or most of the time. So that was weird. Also, on when we went out for dates, guess who paid for 98% of the dates? You got it, ya girl. I paid for all the freaking dates. 
pretty much every single time because he never had money apparently so that was also really hard and it got to a point towards the end of the relationship where we were constantly fighting and there were other red flags that were popping up that just made me really uncomfortable and kind of got me thinking maybe he was talking to other women or actually actually physically cheating on me because there was basically no sex and going back to the whole no sex thing when I would confront him about it he would get super defensive okay here we are again another red flag someone who isn't guilty of something does not get defensive but he would always get defensive and always defend himself and say well you're always mad at me for never wanting to have sex yeah because I'm your girlfriend and you say you love me and you say you're attracted to me So you should want to be intimate with me in that way to connect and bond, right? I don't know. I guess the joke was on me and I'm the stupid one. So there was that. I also think that he was probably talking to girls on Instagram because he followed a ton of people. I know he doesn't know that many people with the amount of people he was following and A lot of the girls that he followed were like the Instagram types or would post scantily clad pictures. So he was probably hitting them up over direct message. Cool. Awesome. And here I was being super devoted to this tool of a douchebag. And then he was probably talking to a bunch of other girls behind my back. And who even knows, maybe when he wasn't seeing me sneaking off to see them and getting his rocks off with them instead of getting his rocks off with me. Yeah, it really makes a girl feel good, doesn't it? So it finally came to a head where we just were fighting constantly and I just was always, always, always suspicious. I never felt comfortable. I always felt that icky, gross feeling inside that you feel when you know that something isn't right. And then came the controlling parts of him. If I didn't pick up the phone when he called because I was in the bathroom taking a dump, he would get mad. He would text me and be like, where are you? If I was talking to a friend on the phone or my parents and he called, he would call multiple times until while I was on my phone call, I texted him to tell him that I was on the phone. Mm -hmm. And then he would get mad at me for being on the phone with other people when he called. He actually, in fact, the night that we broke up, he actually had the freaking nerve to tell me to hang up with my best friend after she had texted me earlier in the day requesting to talk to me because she was upset about something and actually needed to speak to a friend and have a heart to heart. So he said to me, hang up with your friend because I'm calling you. Tell her that I'm calling you and then call me and talk to me and then you can call her back. Are you freaking kidding me? He called me three times, maybe four times in a row until I texted him and told him, hey, I'm on the phone. He didn't like that because he needed to be in control all the time. He needed all the freaking attention and I couldn't pay any attention to anybody. Also in the beginning of our 
relationship or manipulationship as it should be called. He basically, no, not basically, he made me drop pretty much all of my friends but one. Um, There was actually a friend that I had had that I had stopped talking to because he encouraged me to and it was a necessary thing that I needed to do and to this day I do not talk to this person and I am happier and better off for it. Again, I digress. So I had some guy friends that I had met maybe a month or two before he and I had met. He didn't like the fact that I was hanging out with guys. He didn't like that I talked to guys. And honestly, I should have said, why does it matter if they want to fuck me? Because that's what he thought. He thought they wanted to sleep with me because you're not sleeping with me. So why should it matter? Oh, but wait, when you're a manipulative control freak, then it matters because then you're worried that the person you're trying to control is going to break free of you and then you don't have that power over them anymore. So I stopped talking to them. I also stopped talking to some other people because he didn't like what they had to say about our relationship, which was the truth. And then so that left me with one friend, my best friend, one of my best friends, and he liked her. Because she didn't spit the truth. She didn't say anything like, oh, well, you guys are moving too fast. And if she did, he didn't know about it. So there was that, the isolation. Then he also went through my phone and we had a lot of knockdown public fights because he would reach into my handbag and take out my phone and look through my phone while I was going to the bathroom. And then, like I said earlier in this podcast, I would never look through anybody's phone because you never know what you're going to find and that's just looking for trouble. Someone that I used to work with said that when you go through someone's phone, you're asking for it or something along those lines. It wasn't verbatim, but it was something of that effect. And I told him then he blew up and said, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He accused me of living a double life because I had made a comment to a couple of girlfriends about how this one makeup YouTuber that I watch had a really attractive husband. He didn't like that for whatever reason. Then I made a comment about the actor Shamar Moore. Shamar Moore is hot, girls. I mean, he knows it, you know it, I know it. He really didn't like that either. Oh, but it's okay for him to, you know, probably hit up girls in the direct message on social media, but I can't make a comment about two men that I would never meet in my entire life. One of them being a celebrity? Okay, whatever, man. So there was that. And that was really awful. I always felt like anytime I said anything over text message to any of my girlfriends about our relationship or about him, I couldn't actually do it. It felt forbidden and taboo and that I shouldn't do it because he would see it. So what did I end up doing? Deleting those messages and letting them know I was going to delete them and that we would need to talk on the phone if I really truly needed to talk. With that being said, that is no life to live. That should not ever be a thing in your life. If you are with someone who is like that, you need to get rid of him fast. You should should have gotten rid of him yesterday, in fact. Because people like that 
are scum of the earth and they're vile and they're evil. He never loved me. All he wanted to do was get me in his clutches so he could use me for money. He never wanted to sleep with me. He didn't want me to have friends. He also got mad at me one time when my dad called me and my parents rarely call me. So if they do, I always worry because they're older folks. They're in their mid to late seventies. And I worry that if they just randomly call one day that something is going on and it's a really serious medical issue. So we were talking on the phone while he was driving to work and I asked him, hey babe, can I call you back? My dad is calling. And you know, my parents hardly ever call me or my dad hardly ever calls me, it's usually my mom. He got so mad, he flew off the handle, told me that I was rude and that we were talking and having a conversation. Let me tell you, this conversation was not important whatsoever. If he was actually normal, then he would have said, okay, babe, I hope everything's okay. Text me after or call me after to let me know that your dad's fine. Everything with my dad ended up being okay. He just had a question for me. But it's the point of the situation where a controlling person wants to isolate you and tell you that you need to focus on them and that you're rude for wanting to hang up in the middle of a conversation with them because a family member is calling and it might be an emergency. He also, and he would get mad at me for not answering the phone because I was pooping or doing the dishes or doing laundry and didn't have my phone on me. He said, well, what if it was an emergency and I needed you? Remember when I said earlier that he lived in a state over from me? And to that I said, well, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but also you have your parents too. He lived with his parents at the time. They were in the same state as him. He got mad at me, flew off the handle and said, well, they never pick up their phone okay, fine, but it's going to take me at least 45 to 50 minutes to get out to you if there's an emergency. So you can keep trying to call them if you have that bad of a problem and you can let me know too and I'll get there when I get there. It's not like I wouldn't get to him. It's just his parents would be able to get to him quicker because they were closer. So All in all, it was a hot mess of a relationship. It made me feel crazy. It made me crazy. It made me angry. And after it ended in late February, thank God it did, I just felt broken and defeated and so, so terrible about myself. Mentally, physically, I thought, wow, I must be really unattractive if this guy didn't want to sleep with me because... You know, what's wrong with me? Why didn't he want to sleep with me? And after talking to some girlfriends about it, a few of them suggested that maybe he was confused whether or not he is into women or men. And, you know, I do not judge. I am all for people loving who they love and equality for all. And maybe that made sense, but really, honestly, I think he was just talking to other girls and just wasn't actually interested in me and probably was cheating on me. 
because it just doesn't make any sense. And then also coupling with looking at my phone and constantly getting mad at me about things and then being so upset about everything that I ever said or did and sending me pictures of him crying over some ridiculous thing that nobody else would really get upset over or maybe be upset over for a day or two and then get over it. So, all in all, he's a manipulative nut job who needs help and probably straight after he broke up with me, probably was on to his next sugar mama. So there you have it, ladies. I uh, might be hearing one of my cats in the background. I guess he wants to join in on the fun. That is the manipulative douchebag. Um, I guess manipulative douchebag to the second power because there are different levels of manipulation and... I can tap into the other popular level of manipulation in another episode. I hope you enjoyed and talk to you later, Buttercups. Bye.